Hello, people of Earth. <laughs> and uh, welcome to Good Humans. This is a podcast uh, about exploring better ways to be human. My name's Josh, and I'm not a robot. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, um, I'm, I'm already feeling weird today, guys, so forgive me. This might end up being a weird one. Um, it occurred to me, I, I open every podcast with Hello, People of Earth, uh, and I've said before that it's because I want I, I want to make it clear that um, the things we talk about uh, apply, I think, to humanity uh, as a whole. That's why the, the podcast is called Good Humans, not good, you know, insert social class or nationality or what have you. Um, but it occurred to me that that's something that an alien would say or a robot would say in like a campy 1950s science fiction movie. Um, and I hit record and that's what came out of my mouth. So sorry, it's already starting off weird, but here we are. Um, happy day. I was going to say happy Saturday cause that's the day that I'm recording this on probably not the day that you're listening to it on, or if it is then happy Saturday, but happy day, whatever day it is, uh, for you. And I'm excited to talk about what we have to talk about today. It's only me again. So I'm just, I'm just letting you guys know up front. Um, one of my coworkers last week said, uh, that she appreciate, she appreciate, she appreciated, um, that I sort of let people off the hook last episode. If people wanted to like, you know, dip, uh, because it was just me last episode. Um, so I'm giving you guys that option again today. All right. It's just me. Um, but you know, maybe you like that and, um, maybe my ramblings are, are why you're here, in which case I, I think you need help, but we're going to soldier on anyway. Um, weird, weird intro, uh, but we're going to keep it going. I'm not restarting this. Um, okay. So, um, before we get into it, you know, maybe this is why before we get into it, I want to tell you guys about my morning. I was going to ask you if I could tell you about my morning, but you can't tell me yes or no. And so I'm just going to assume that you want to hear about my morning. And so I'm going to tell you about my morning. Um, It's a Saturday morning. It's rainy. What I love, love, love rainy mornings. Um, And uh, I woke up at 630. Uh, It is now 11 o'clock, 11 a.m. I woke up at 630 a.m. this morning uh, because my wife was going to work. Um, And so she always like says, you know, bye when she leaves or whatever. Uh, And usually I would go back to sleep and sleep till whenever I don't set an alarm on days off. Um, and usually that means I wake up at like nine ish, uh, sometimes eight, who cares what time I wake up? You know what I mean? Why am I telling you that? So she left for work, uh, like around six thirty, six forty-five, and I intended to go back to bed, uh, and just never fell back asleep. So, um, I was like, you know, it's raining outside and I love that. I have a cigar that I haven't, you know, opened yet. Um, and I've been very excited about it's a Romeo e Julieta, uh, and it's exquisite. Um, and I was like, you know, this would be a nice morning to just sit on the patio, uh, enjoy the rain, maybe drink a nice bourbon, um, and smoke a cigar. And who cares if it's like eight in the morning by this point. So that's what I did. Um, so call me an alcoholic if you will. Uh, but I, I grabbed my cigar. I grabbed some bullet bourbon, Um, and I sat on my patio and I enjoyed the rain and I listened to some podcasts and, uh, I don't know if you guys can hear my, my cat is shut out of the room right now so that he's not like ruining the podcast and he's just whining at the door. Um, I'm like interrupting the podcast to tell you about my cat who I shut out of the room because I didn't want him to interrupt the podcast, but there you go. 
it's a weird one anyway already. So who cares? Um, so yeah, that's what I did. I sat outside at like eight, eight thirty in the morning and I drank bourbon and I smoked a cigar and it was fantastic and super relaxing and I loved every second of it. Uh, and so the day started off really, really well for me. Um, and so I was happy with that. And then, um, I was thinking about stuff. Uh, and then, um, I, so, uh, I was, I was telling again, some of my coworkers, cause we just talk, we apparently just don't work at all. We just talk all day. Um, I was telling them, you know, sort of like how some of this hap like this process happens. And I talked about it last week too, uh, in the beginning. So I won't belabor that, but, um, one of my, one of my coworkers, uh, Elizabeth, I hope she doesn't ma- mind me saying her name on the podcast, um, had made a voice memo for herself for some things that she wanted to remember later. And I think that's super smart. Um, and we were all kind of laughing about it cause she is a wonderful person. Um, and she's very funny without intending to be, which is even better. That's the best kind of funny. Um, and so, but I told her, I showed her my, my phone and in the notes doc, just in the regular Apple notes app, um, I do the same thing with notes. So not voice memos, but notes. And I just kind of make little notes uh, about things that I'm like sort of thinking about little conclusions that I've arrived at. And then um, I just sort of let them sit. Uh, and then when I'm thinking about an episode or developing ideas or things like that, I go back uh, and I read through some of those. And if they still make sense uh, to me at that point, then I know that they're worth developing a little bit more. So um, I was doing that this morning while I was smoking uh, my cigar and drinking my bourbon um, at 8.30 in the morning. And uh, I, I landed on um, a note that had to do with the episode that we're going to talk about today. So this one's coming in hot, guys. I just finished this like 30 minutes ago, um, gave myself a little breather, took a shower. Uh, you know, I'm nice and comfy again. Um, and so we're going to talk about uh we're going to talk about preaching versus inviting. Um, so I've titled the episode, who cares what I say? Um, which seems counterintuitive because I do a podcast, but, um, I think it'll make sense later. Uh, hopefully I say that every time. Why don't I just go ahead and tell you guys from here on out and then you can decide if it makes sense to, to you or not. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a better plan. Anyway, let's jump into it. So um, oftentimes I start these off with a quote. I'm, I'm not going to do that today. I'm just going to start it off with a statement. I guess technically it's still a quote because it's coming from me. I just I think it's a little douchey and pretentious to quote yourself. But here you go. Um, so I started this off with the statement, uh, I can't change people. I can only change me. And that's definitely not uh, unique to me. That's not original to me um, or from me. But maybe nobody said it exactly like that before. I don't really care if somebody has, if somebody has, I'm not trying to discredit or like not credit them. Uh, it was just something I arrived at. I can't change people. I can only change me. Um, and, uh, so what I'm, what I'm driving at with that. So first of all, I don't want to change people. There was a time in my life when I, when I would have wanted to change people and would have even, almost considered it my duty, um, to change people. Uh, but I don't want to. Um, and the fact of the matter is I can't. Um, and you know, it's sort of, sort of like the idea that, you know, nobody can really make anybody do anything. You can make it very unpleasant for people who do not do things that you want them to do. Um, and you know, there are situations, uh, you know, work 
or, you know, military or, you know, even like to be extreme dictatorships um, or, you know, just very unhealthy relationships where one person can make it very unpleasant for another person uh, if they don't act in a certain way. Um, but in the end, the decision is always up to that person, whether they're going to conform, uh, or not. Um, and so nobody can really change anybody anyway. None of us really have that ability, but, um, there was a time in my life that I I definitely would have wanted to, or at least was actively trying to, um, in some cases. Uh, but I can't do that. I can, I can't change people. I can only change me. Um, and so with that, like, when I was younger, um, I've, I've wondered about and searched for my purpose in the world since I was very, very young. And I, I don't know if that's the case for everyone in the world. I don't know if everybody thinks about this, you know, from the time that they're like six, seven, eight. Um, I definitely did, uh, not in like a deep, um, existential crisis way, but like, you know, what am I here for? What am I supposed to do? Like, what do I want to, what do I want to grow up to be? Um, and people would ask me that question and the answer would always be different, which is often the case with kids. But I definitely also knew kids that had a thing that they always wanted to be. They always knew that like they were interested in this thing. Um, in fact, a lot of my friends were like that. And a lot of those friends have gone on to do something related to that, uh, which I think is fantastic. Um, but I was always really envious and jealous of, people that have just sort of always known what they wanted to do. Um, and I think I just always equated that with, well, they know what their purpose is. They know what they're here for. And I never knew that. Um, I always like, I would, I would come up with things that I felt like, Oh, this would be a cool thing to do. Um, for a while it was being a farmer, which by the way, I still think would be an amazing life. I just, I drive by, there's a lot of farmland in Indiana where I'm from, uh, but also in Illinois. And, uh, and I, I drive by a lot of that, um, a couple times a month at least. Uh, and I just, every time I drive by it, I always think how, just how peaceful it would be to just get on a combine tractor until, you know, 150, 200, 300 acres, uh, and just like be out there just by yourself with the land, just able to think. Oh man, that sounds so good. Just for hours on end, just to be able to think, uh, with, with nobody else around. I sound really antisocial right now, but I feel that way sometimes. Um, so for a while when I was a kid, it was like being a farmer for a while. It was being a policeman, uh, really for no other reason than just, I, I thought the uniforms were super cool. Uh, and you got to carry around a stick to hit people <laughs> with. Um, and that was the seven year old, uh, violent Josh, uh, you know, that was, that was kind of idolizing that. Um, and so we won't talk about the psychological issues that probably go along with that. We'll just skip on past it. Um, and then for a while I thought it'd be cool to like be a teacher. I actually went to school. I went to, I went to college, um, with the intention of, uh, being a teacher. Um, that's what I studied in college, secondary education, history and English. Um, and I enjoyed it. Uh, and, and I even pursued that for a while. Um, never panned out, but, Uh, and so I'm not teaching. I've never actually taught a day in my life. Um, but all my life I've sort of, since I was very, very young, I've sort of wondered, uh, about and searched for my purpose. Like, what am I here to do? Um, and I've always been jealous of people that seem to have just always known. And I know I'm only speaking about my experience. Um, those people that I envy may not have always felt that that was their purpose, uh, and may still may not feel that the thing they're doing is their purpose. So I, I know I'm projecting a little bit here, but that's how I felt. Um, 
I would watch like singer and singers and actors, um, you know, give interviews about ever since they were little, they always knew that they wanted to sing or act. Um, and you know, that was just what they were here for. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd watch people that would pursue their passions and, and, you know, perform in their careers. Um, people that were making things happen in everyday life. Uh, and, uh, you know, I would, I would just be like, man, that's, that's really cool that that person knows what they want to do. Um, you know, doctors, lawyers, writers, teachers, uh, you know, like I said, musicians and actors and, um, you know, mechanics, even like people that just love, you know, getting their hands greasy, working on cars and like figuring out how things work. Um, I think it's awesome. I think it's really, really cool when somebody finds what they're here to do and just devotes their life to it. Uh, all that being said, I'm still not really sure what I'm here for. Um, and I think for some people, th their purpose <laughs> is to search for that all their life. Um, and maybe amidst the searching, uh, they might help one or two other people find it. Um, and so if that's what I'm here for, cool. Um, I just kind of wish somebody could like tell me, you know what I mean? Um, it's not going to happen, but I wish that was how it worked. Um, all of that, none of that, <laughs> I should say is what we're going to talk about today. Um, but I didn't tell you that for no reason. So, um, the reason I, I'm sort of starting off talking about purpose is this, whatever my purpose ends up being in the world, um, whatever, it manifests as if I ever find it or don't find it, whatever that thing is that I'm here to do, I, I know one thing for sure. I know that my purpose is not to change people or things. I'm not here to change the world. I'm not here to change people. I'm not here to change circumstances. I'm not here to change anything outside of me. Um, and that may seem counterintuitive because I, I do a podcast about you know, the, the, the thing we say every week is exploring better ways to be human. Um, and that presupposes that there is worse ways to be, there are worse ways to be human. And that then further presupposes that, you know, I'm making judgment calls about ways to be or not be. Um, and then that presupposes that, uh, I'm expecting change or trying to affect change. And so I understand that this may sound hypocritical, relating back to last week's episode. Um, but I don't mean to sound hypocritical. And I, I don't think this is. Uh, so if you'll bear with me, we can kind of explore this. Um, and I can explain what I mean by this and why I don't think it's hypocritical. So um, I, I did hear, so I, I am going to give a quote here um, just because I can't, I can't stop thinking about it ever since I heard it. And he's said it so many times. Um, there's a, a podcast that I've recently started listening to, he actually just recently started it, uh, by uh, a guy named Jarrett sleeper. Um, J A R E T T sleeper, uh, actually two R's, I think J A R R E T T, uh, sleeper. It's called my good, bad brain. Um, I highly, highly recommend it. Um, the reason I listened to it in the first place is, uh, that he had somebody else that I admire named Elliot Morgan, um, on his podcast, I've been following Elliot for a very long time. Uh, he's a YouTuber. Um, he's done some pretty, pretty cool stuff. Um, but Elliot was on his podcast. It was a really, really long podcast. And I love really, really, really long podcasts. So he had Elliot on, um, and they talked about all kinds of things, capitalism and, you know, philosophy and, you know, existentialism and all kinds of things. Um, and that's sort of my favorite type of conversation. One that sort of just weaves through all kinds of subject material. 
it was really great anyway. But, um, Jared's podcast is all about, uh, mental health. Um, he was recently as an adult diagnosed with ADHD, uh, and depression. And so he, he explores some of those ideas, um, and is really just trying to give a voice to, uh, the exploration of ideas around mental health. Um, and the fact that it's okay to, you know, have some of these things in your life, um, and ways to deal with them. And that probably many more people do have these things in their lives than, uh, actually know about it or have been diagnosed. Um, and he, he gives a lot of practical advice. Um, he gets really, really deep. Um, and then, uh, you know, there's, there's, he's, he's just also very light, uh, with all of it as well, which I think is also very healthy, but it's an amazing podcast. Um, so getting to the quote from him, something that he says on that podcast often, uh, is that we are all just the sum of our experiences. Um, and I've, that sort of thought has occurred to me before, but not exactly in those words. And really what he's saying is we're all just, you know, we, we all, uh, came from somewhere and we've all had circumstances and experiences and all of that combined, all of that together, the people we know, uh, the place we were born in the, uh, you know, the familial structure that we grew up with, the relationships we've had, the experiences we've had, the jobs we've had, the conversations we've had, uh, the hurts we've experienced, you know, the loss we've experienced, all of that together is combining and much more is combining to make us the person that we are right now in this moment. And when you can look at that and say, this is who I am and this is why I am, um, this way. And when you can look at that without judgment, just, just sort of remove yourself from it and say, okay, this is, I'm a person and I am this type of person. And the reason I am this type of person is all of this stuff combined to make me this type of person. Um, and that's fine because everybody has that same story. Everybody has their own experiences and pain and loss and you know circumstances and everything that have brought them to be the person that they are. So, wow, did you hear that? I just banged my hand on the desk. Um, so that being said, all of us are just the sum of our experiences. Um, and that's not good or bad. That just is. Uh, now, what we do with that, the way we act because of that is a separate matter. Um, and, you know, we have to consider the way that we, the way we act uh, will affect other people um, and the things we say will affect other people. But just being that is not good or bad. It just is. We just are. We are the sum of our experiences. Um, and I haven't been able to stop thinking about that idea because, again, we, we talk every week about exploring better ways to be human. Um, and really, these are just these are my opinions. These are things that I've been thinking about uh, and things that I think may be helpful. I, I hope they're helpful. Um, but your experience and my experience are totally different. Your, your personhood, your humanity manifests completely differently than mine does. Um, everybody is, is radically different. Even people that were born in the same city, you know, to the same, you know, sort of like, you know, if they're both born in middle class or upper class or whatever, like if you're born with a lot of the same circumstances, your humanity and, and your personhood is still going to be radically different than mine just because even if the experiences and circumstances are marginally the same, our brains and our chemical makeup and our, our just, our, our bodies, um, and our perceptions are so radically different from person to person 
that the way you're processing that information could lead you to a different place than, than mine did for me. So all of that being said and considered, wh- how, why would I or how dare I try to change anyone? How dare I jump to the conclusion that the sum of your experiences are less than or worse than the sum of mine. And so therefore you need to be more like me because the sum of my experiences, which makes me who I am is better than the sum of your experiences. And how can I, how really could I change you anyway? Because I can't change your experiences and I can't change your past and I can't change your circumstance and I can't change the sum of all of that. The sum of all of that is what it is. Um, but why would I try to, uh, and how dare I, you, the world needs you to be as you as possible. And it needs me to be as, as me as possible. I don't even have this written down, but, um, one of my other coworkers, Nicole, uh, coworkers, Nicole is reading a book called you are a badass, which I fully intend to read. Um, it sounds amazing, but she sent me uh, a couple pictures of a couple pages, um, sorry to the author. I promise I'll buy the book. Uh, so Nicole's not technically stealing your work and giving it to somebody else. Um, uh, she's really not, she's great. And I don't think anybody thought that anyway. I just thought it was a funny thing to say. Um, but she sent me a couple pictures of a couple pages and the thing, uh, in all of that, that I really, really liked, I'm actually going to pull it up, um, and read it because like I, I texted her back and there was one, there was one part of it that I just really latched on to. Um, let me find it guys. We're off script right now. So I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, one part of it said there are no wrong twists and turns. There is just being, um, and it's that, that whole passage there is talking about, uh, everybody's you-ness, um, everybody's meanness, everybody's like, uh, everybody's being, and that being unique from everybody else's being. And it was saying, you know, just, just what I said a second ago, the world needs you to be as you as possible and you are enough. You're exactly what you're supposed to be. Um, and so, you know, and there's a reason for you to be exactly who you are and it is everything you've experienced and and all that stuff. So, um, I, everybody needs to be that everybody needs to own that. And the world needs everybody to be that. Um, so, I shouldn't try to change you, uh, first and foremost. And secondly, how dare I, um, try to change you and it's going to be impossible anyway. So instead, instead of me trying to change circumstances or people, uh, or the world, um, because I can't do any of that. And I, that's shouldn't be my concern anyway. That's not my duty. Um, that's not my purpose, whatever my purpose is, that is not it. Um, Instead, I think here on this podcast, my job, my duty is to invite. Um, and do you see how there, there's a, there's a total difference between, uh, you know, thinking in terms of affecting change or changing things versus inviting people and things. Um, it's just a, a complete mind shift uh, mindset shift that happens, um, when you, when you switch between those two, uh, terms and so what I want to do is I want to explore the idea of invitation, um, versus what I'd probably call preaching. Um, cause you know, 
when we say when somebody is is like getting really um insistent uh or intense about something that you know they they sound a little preachy um preaching is usually designed to affect change uh in people and so um i want to i want to talk about the idea of invitation versus preach preaching um and different different ways that I think all of us because here's the thing I I said my duty on this podcast my purpose my job on this podcast is to invite but I think honestly invitation is everyone's duty to an extent um so I want I want to explain what I mean by that in a couple different ways so first um the idea of inviting each other to exist um and this this relates directly to what we were just talking about but um, I have another quote here. Uh, it is start where you are, use what you have, do what you can start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. That's by Arthur Ashe. Um, and that's the idea of this invite each other to just exist. Um, and we talked about this on, on last week's episode a little bit too, but I, I think, I think what I'm getting at with this is we need to give each other allowance, um, and permission, allowance to exist, allowance to be wrong, uh, allowance to be human. Because I, for it, how could I not? How could I not give you allowance to be human, fully human, the entire human experience? Because I also am, and I would hope that you would give me the same permission and allowance. I'm not talking about enabling. I'm talking about permission and allowance to be the full human that I am or that you are, which means. I should give allowance for you to make a bad joke or say a dumb thing or be offensive or be wrong even because that's part of being human. That's part of the whole human experience is all of those things. And I would hope that somebody might give me a little wiggle room or allowance or grace to be any of those things with maybe some prodding to say an invitation to say, you know, hey, this is how you're being right now. This is how it's affecting me and and you know maybe other people. Um, have you thought about this instead? Um, and there are ways to do that without without just taking all of that permission and allowance away. Um, because I I think all of us need to know that we're allowed to be fully human. Um, because we are all fully human. That sounds like such a simple, obvious statement, but I, I don't think we practice it that much. We see it all the time. I said this last week too, or last episode too on, on, uh, the podcast, but, um, we see this all the time on Twitter, uh, or social media in general, but especially on Twitter, you know, somebody makes a a dumb Twitter joke. Um, and I'm not talking about whether or not they should have made it. Oftentimes a lot of those jokes are in really poor taste. Things should not have been said. We just saw that with Roseanne um, a few weeks ago, um, who I mistakenly called Rosie O'Donnell last week on the podcast. But um, we see this happen all the time where somebody makes a really dumb joke and then they just get destroyed. And I'm not saying that that wrong, you know, like I'm not saying hurtful words shouldn't be called out and wrong ideas shouldn't be countered. Uh, and I, I'm not even saying that people shouldn't suffer the consequences of dumb actions. I'm just saying to destroy somebody as a person because they were being a person uh, doesn't seem productive. And I I would I would wager that all of the people 
that just really destroyed Roseanne. I don't like what she said. I think it was wrong, but I would wager that all the people that destroyed Roseanne for what she said on Twitter have probably also made extremely problematic jokes or felt extremely problematic things or made flippant statements or whatever the case may be in their life. It just happened to not be in a really, really, really public forum. Um, and I, I think we forget that a lot of times we forget that the person that we are destroying just because they're famous or whatever, um, or not just because they're another person. We forget that that person is a person. They are a human and they have the same dumb thoughts, um, that we do. Uh, we just, because they are other, because they're not us, we just, we hold them to a higher standard than we hold ourselves sometimes. And I, I think that's awful. Um, and it doesn't make sense. And so while I'm not saying that we should enable people to be terrible and while I'm not saying that we should, uh, ignore wrongdoing, I'm not saying that people should not suffer consequences for, for doing wrong. Um, or for being hurtful or harmful or breaking laws or whatever the case may be. I am saying that maybe we should leave their personhood and humanity intact uh, and address the action um, more so than just, just assigning intrinsic evil to a person. I know I sound really hippie right now, um, and I think I'm okay with that, but... I just, I have such a hard time. I was just talking to somebody the other day about this, but I I have such a hard time with the idea that anybody is inherently evil. Anyone, um, people do evil things. Uh, I just have such a hard time thinking that anybody, you know, whether you want to talk about the presidential candidates in the last election or historical figures or whomever, I have a hard time thinking that anybody wakes up in the morning and goes, how can I make the world a worse place today? I think that people do evil things um, and, you know, maybe people do have that thought every now and then, but uh, I just have a really hard time believing that anybody's inherently evil. Um, I think, again, we're all the sum of our experiences and that leads us to certain places. And so we can do very misguided things, um, very evil things. um, And I, I think that still doesn't necessarily make somebody inherently evil and you listen i fully understand that i could get destroyed for just saying that um but that's what i think and this is my podcast and so i'm gonna say it um so yeah let's uh let's invite let's invite each other to just exist um and to be uh and let's not Let's let's give some allowance. Let's give some leeway. Let's give some grace, while still holding people accountable. Um, but let's not let's not come down uh, on or pass judgment on each other's humanity. Because um, I, I think that's missing the point a little bit, and uh, I think it's unproductive. And I think that hurts the whole thing. Next, uh, the idea of inviting each other into our experience. Um, and so again, because everyone is the way they are and thinks the way they do for a reason, because we are the sum of our experiences, instead of focusing on convincing each other, 
which is how a lot of political discussions and social media arguments and interactions go. Instead of doing that, how about let's invite people into our experiences and show them what got us here. So the next time somebody says something that you don't like on Facebook uh, about some article that you know is talking about a really inflammatory subject, um, a subject that people are passionate about. Do you, first of all, do you understand when you read an article and you're, it just makes you so heated that you have to jump into the comment section and say something? Do you understand that that article did the same thing to hundreds of other people, which is why there are hundreds of other comments? Do you understand that the same way you feel passionate about your viewpoint and your take on the article is that that same amount of passion is probably flowing out of other people into their fingers, into their keyboards, onto the comment section of whatever social media platform you're on. Do you understand that that other people also feel as passionately about that as you do? Maybe not the same opinion. So instead, so the chances are you're not going to convince everyone uh, coming in hot in the comment section with your destruction of the author's take on things or your destruction of somebody else's opinion, chances are they feel as passionately as you do. And so all that's going to do is entrench them further in their view, which then entrenches you further in your view. So instead, what if we said, hey, this is how this article makes me feel. Can I tell you what my experiences are and what has led me to this? And I feel very deeply about this. So let me tell you why I feel this way. Uh, and let me explain what got me here. What that's going to do is two things. First of all, that's going to take all of the piss out of the other person. Or it should uh, if they're not a psychopath, which is that's entirely possible too. There's all kinds of people in the world. But I think most of the time what it's going to do is it's, it's going to take all the piss and vinegar out of the other person and you know, when one person is not being combative, it's really hard for the other person to still be combative. Combative, so it's it's going to soften the the whole conversation and interaction immediately, just right off the bat, because you're not coming in saying, "Oh, this is bullshit. This is why I think it's bullshit. Uh, you're so wrong. I can't believe you'd be so stupid to think this." Instead, you're saying, "Hey, this is how I view this, and can I tell you why I view this this way?" So, first of all, it's going to soften the conversation. It's actually three things this is going to do. Secondly, it's going to um, it's going to make you explore how you feel about that thing, uh, and it's going to it's really actually going to make you do a self check and say, why do I feel this way? Do I have good reason to feel this way? Have I ever really explored um, any of this before? And maybe you don't have a re- reason to feel the way you do. Maybe it's just a knee jerk reaction based on your upbringing or your circumstance or your background or whatever. Uh, and maybe it's going to force you to actually stop and think about this idea. And if you still end up feeling the same way after you do that, great. At least you know why now. Um, But it may change how you feel about it in the first place. But the third thing it's going to do is it's going to invite that person because you're inviting them into their experience. It's going to invite them to do the same. And so maybe they can change how they're coming at the situation or the conversation and say, hey, thank you for sharing. I think you're wrong, but can I tell you how... I got to this conclusion, why I'm in this place. And let me, let me share you, share with you a little bit about my experience that brought me here. Um, and in doing that, neither one of you may convince the other, but that's not the point. 
in this conversation. It, the, the point has changed. Now what's happening is the next time I see somebody say something that I disagree with about this subject or any other, I'm probably going to assume that they have good reason to feel that way. And the fact that somebody has shared their experience with me and told me how they got to this conclusion or this opinion or political viewpoint or whatever, that not only does it soften the conversation, but I, well, I think the reason it softens, softens the conversation is that it humanizes them to me and it makes them less other to me because I can see, oh, this, this person, whether I agree, I agree with their end conclusion or not, this person has reasons to feel, and probably very valid reasons to feel the way they feel. Um, and though I, I still may not agree that that's the best way to be or think about this idea or issue, I can at least respect that they're not just spouting their mouth off. They have, they have reasons, they have deep feelings about this. And, and the fact that they feel that way is valid. Uh, even though I may not agree with their conclusion. So let's invite each other into our experiences um, because I think I think there's a lot of productive conversations to be had there uh, and it, it may not convince, but that's not that's not what we're trying to do at that point because um, you're look, you're not going to convince um, you're just not. So the conversation just takes on a, a whole new life um, and and uh, purpose in that moment. And I think that's I think that's where I've been saying this a lot lately, but I think that's where the juice is. Um, that's where the, that's where the good stuff is. That's where the productivity is. That's where the humanity is. That's where the connection is. Um, so yeah, uh, next inviting each other to deeper understanding. This, this goes, this follows right on the back of the last thing that we just talked about, but, um, it's a little bit different. What I mean by this is let's try inviting people to understand, not just our experiences here. Um, that's part of this, but let's try inviting people to understand. So again, on social media, uh, and in, you know, person to person conversations, or, you know, we see it with, uh, you know, on news outlets with, with TV personalities all the time, um, or just on, on TV shows or, or, you know, whatever the case may be, we see this all the time, uh, gossip, um, you know, just person to person, everyday conversation. Um, <laughs> I have written down here, much like the death star, they're never quite complete. I'm going to wait for you guys to just go ahead and finish laughing here. Cause I think that's hilarious. Much like the death star, they're never quite complete, but um, tsh. um, I thought that was really funny. I actually thought that was so funny that I drew a laughing, crying face next to that sentence in my notebook. Maybe I'll, I'll share a picture of that later. Um, I was really proud of myself when I thought that up, but uh, what I mean by that is when you hear a story um, or when information is presented in an article or again on a news outlet, um, you know, in a newspaper, uh, you know, whatever news channel or program you watch um, or whether you just read an article on Facebook or whatever the case may be often or just you hear a story from somebody, you know, a friend or whatever. The problem with that is it's it's usually never quite the whole story. And there's a couple of reasons here. The first one may be that uh, the person presenting the information intends to present a certain spin on it. And so they're 
intentionally leaving out part of the story or they are focusing on facts that support their sort of take on this or their bent. Um, and I hesitate to talk about this because I, I, I loathe the, um, the disgust that we have sort of cultivated for news and the media as a whole. I, I understand that there are people in the media that are doing this kind of thing. Uh, and I understand that there are news outlets that do this kind of thing just as a general rule. However, it, it used to be that the media, you know, journalists were deeply respected uh, because these are the people that are, that are finding out what's going on in the world and then broadcasting that information to the American people uh, or whomever. I, I say American people because this is where I live, but whatever country you live in uh, so that you can make more informed decisions, better decisions. Um, and it, it, that used to be a deeply respected profession and those people get shit on now so much. And there are so many good journalists doing good work far more than are, are doing the other. Um, but we've allowed ourselves to sort of fall into this thing of if it's coming from a news outlet, it's probably bullshit. Um, and I, I think that's the wrong way to think about it. I think the right way to think about it is, well, what we're talking about here, which is, trying to find more understanding. So, okay. So this news outlet said this about this subject or wrote this article with this information. Is there any other information that may be missing and how can I piece those two things together and see a a more complete picture here? But that's our job. Um, it is, it is, you know, on the journalists to present as complete a picture as they can. And I understand that some don't, and some have a very, you know, uh, a very obvious slant one way or another. Uh, and so I'm not saying that's okay. I'm just saying there are a lot of really good journalists that are doing really good work. And so to distrust all of them, because if you are doing things improperly, I think is ridiculous. Um, but that's, that's where we live. But I've said it before, access to information is so ubiquitous now that even if we suspect that maybe what's going on and let's, by all means, let's suspect that that's what's happening in every article or news story that we see, but let's stop despising journalists for, for doing their job. I, I, journalists are amazing, intrepid, ambitious, intelligent people, uh, and they don't deserve the hate they get. But I, I think it's up to us. It's, it's our job as consumers of that to make sure that we're getting the whole story. And so that's what I mean here. Let's, let's invite each other to deeper understanding. Maybe I see somebody, uh, you know, post a thing and, and give an opinion on an article they read. Um, and I happen to know that contained in that article is not all of the information about that thing or, you know, event or whatever. And so that person is operating on, you know, faulty or partial information, so instead of me jumping in and destroying them, eviscerating them, because they're just how, how dare you be so ignorant? I don't understand. Like, how can you be so dumb? And here's why you're wrong. Instead of that, maybe I could jump in and say, you know, maybe I could say, Hey, um, you know, so I, I know that, I know that this is what you think based on this article. Did you also know that there was this information? Uh, this may change your mind a little bit. You know, I, I thought this was interesting thought I would just pass this along to help give you a, a little bit clearer picture uh, of what's happening here. Um, again, that changes the entire conversation to where I'm not trying to convince that person to think like I do. 
all I'm doing is inviting them to experience the same information that I have experienced, which then changed my mind about that thing or didn't. Um, but at least then, I, you know, I'm inviting somebody to a deeper understanding versus, uh, you know, just destroying them for being wrong. Um, and that, you know, that's just talking about news or, or whatever, but it, you know, the, it's, it's, it's a lot deeper than that. It's, it's much more, uh, universal than that. It's when somebody makes an assumption about me, I can either, you know, fight back. I can punch back, which is the, the most natural reaction. So that's understandable. Or I could say, Hey, I, I know this is what you think. Um, and I know this is probably the information you're, you're operating on, but, but can I help you understand more, uh, who I am as a person and why you don't have a complete picture or, you know, when somebody makes that sort of an assumption about people we know or a friend we have, um, or anything, anything at all. And we, we happen to know that there may be a little more to it. Um, maybe we can invite that person to understand more completely, more deeply, uh, you know, the person that they're talking about or the subject they're talking about. Um, and just say, Hey, you know, I understand based on the information that you're presenting, why you would feel this way about this thing. Um, there is more to it though. So, so can I just, you know, let me pass this on to you, do with it what you will. Um, but at least this way you'll know, you know, uh, more completely what's happening here, uh, with this person or with the subject or idea or, or whatever event. Um, there's, it, it makes me think of, there's a picture of, uh, don't hate me if I get his name wrong. I think it's Prince William um, in the UK. Uh, and so from one angle, he's looking at somebody. It's like a profile shot. And it looks like he's flipping somebody off um, because you just see his, you know, the side of his hand and his middle finger is up. And then uh, the other angle, the, the front angle, the like the, the one that's, you know, sort of catching his, you know, front. Um, why am I forgetting that? Just his front. I don't know what the word is for it. Uh, there's like profile and there's like something else. It's his front. Anyway, there's another angle that there's a picture that, that catches him from the front of the same moment. And really what he's doing is he's giving that like, okay sign or like, you know, like putting your, your pointer finger and your thumb together and holding up the other three fingers. Uh, and so from the profile, it just happened. The middle finger just happened to block the other three fingers. And so it looked like he was flipping somebody off, but really what he was doing is, is holding up like the okay sign or like the three, you know, three fingers. Um, and it's, it's literally like, that's a, it's, that may, that may be cheesy, but it's literally a representation of how perspective, uh, can change your perception of things. Um, and so I, I think inviting people to understand more deeply, uh, is probably a much better constructive thing, um, <clears throat> than destroying somebody for not understanding, um, the whole picture. Why would we not help somebody understand more completely if we have the information or resources to do so? Um, next the idea, this one's a hard one. So get ready, strap in. Here we go. The idea of inviting each other to disagree. (gasps) Yeah. Inviting conflict, inviting confrontation. So the reason that I so often end the podcast with something along the lines of, if you think I'm wrong, please tell me. Um, and if you've listened to the end of, many episodes of this podcast at all. I, I think I probably say it on almost everyone, if not everyone. Um, but it's because I mean that I think it's healthy for P 
people to be challenged. I think it's healthy for me to be challenged. I, a lot of the things I currently think I have arrived at because somebody somewhere along the line challenged the way I thought about these things. And I probably will not think about all of the things I think about. I, I probably will not think the same things or have the same opinions in another six to eight months or month or week. Uh, because I, I maybe, maybe to an unhealthy degree, I'm a little bit addicted to the, the idea of being challenged. My perceptions being challenged, my opinions being challenged. Um, because again, I'm, I am a sum of my experiences. And so the more I can experience, the more experiences I can be invited into and experience for myself, the, the better I can see, um, both how, how other people think about things and also the more information I'm exposed to. So I have a deeper understanding. Um, and then, you know, based on all of that, maybe, maybe I do change my mind. Uh, maybe I do change my opinion. Maybe I don't, but, um, I think it's incredibly healthy to be challenged. But the problem here, I think, uh, is that people, I think people are afraid, uh, of the conference confrontation. Um, just in civilized society, confrontation doesn't happen a ton. Uh, and so I think people get really, really uncomfortable with it. But um, so I like I put myself in positions to be challenged often. And most of the ways that happen, because, again, I think people are, are uncomfortable with confrontation. So it doesn't happen to person to person. It doesn't happen person to person that often, although it does. I, I've even I've had my views challenged on this podcast before. Um and, uh, I think that's great. I think it's awesome. Please challenge me. But, um, it doesn't happen as often person to person. So instead I seek that out in like books, um, sometimes, but especially in podcasts, a lot of the podcasts I listen to right now, um, <clears throat> people say a lot of things that I do not agree with. Uh, in fact, I, I would even say on a lot of the podcasts I listen to most of what is said on those podcasts a few specific ones, um, I do not agree with. Um, and so my views and opinions are constantly challenged by people on these podcasts. And I, so I don't listen to those podcasts because I agree with those people. I'm not looking for, um, affirmation from these podcasts. I'm looking to be challenged because every time I get challenged on those podcasts, I'm being challenged by extremely thoughtful people who have thought through why they think what they think. And so I'm not just being challenged uh, you know, by somebody, somebody saying, oh, you're stupid or, you know, just destroying my character. I'm being challenged by somebody who has very good reasons, very well thought out reasons to think the way they think. Uh, and so I need to process that information and see if that affects the way I think about things or not. And it doesn't always, sometimes it does. Um, but I, I think that's also partially why I started this podcast because I, I wanted to create a safe space both to present some of my thoughts um, and see if they'd be helpful helpful for other people, but also a safe space for people to directly challenge my views and thoughts on things um, if they would like to. And I, I I think doing it this way, you know, when I ask you on the podcast, hey, if you think I'm wrong, please tell me for sure because uh, I want to know. I think it creates sort of a, a, a safer feeling um, barrier because, you know, you can do that through a message or, you know, you could submit a form on the website or something like that and, and have a discussion that way instead of seeing me face to face and saying, hey, I think what you said the other day was stupid and here's why. Um, 
first of all, don't do it like that. <laughs> That's the way you're going to do it. That's probably, you're going about it the wrong way, but you understand what I'm saying. Um, so I think part of the reason I started this podcast was to, to provide a, f- uh, platform, uh, on which I could be challenged by people, um, and maybe, uh, introduce to some new ways of thinking, um, or ways of being. So, but I think healthy conversations have to start somewhere. Um, so why wouldn't they start with me or you or us? And I think part of that is again, giving allowance and creating space for people to disagree. And so because people are so afraid of confrontation, um, I, I think we've, we've sort of lost the art of discussion, productive dialogue, uh, because I think what, what happens is that I, I think people want to enter into dialogue. I think people want to share their ideas and I, people, I think people genuinely at their core, I think a lot of us want to be able to talk about this stuff, but we're so scared that somebody's going to disagree and make us feel stupid or we're so scared of what's going to happen if we say that we disagree with somebody. Um, and, and the idea of that is so uncomfortable that we, we don't do it. So I, I think, I think if we start inviting it, um, in appropriate ways, and if we start inviting it in gracious, kind ways, you know, saying things like, Hey, this is what I think. I feel pretty strongly about it. Or, or maybe I don't feel strongly about it. This is just what I think. Can you tell me why I should feel differently? Or can you tell me why you feel differently? Um, tell me why you disagree if you disagree. And let's, let's really dig into that and discuss that. We, I, to be honest, we may just, we may be wrong. Uh, and wouldn't it be great to know that if you thought one thing for just such a long time, if you just to use a dumb example, if you thought the color blue was, you know, actually orange your whole life and then you know, nobody wanted to correct you because everybody was just trying to avoid the confrontation. And so you're like, oh yeah, my, you know, my orange, you know, tie or whatever. And so everybody is secretly like, what a dummy, what a, seriously? And that's blue. Does he not know that that's blue? Uh, instead of just, you know, what, like, isn't that just knowing that you're, you're just completely wrong about something your whole life. And then versus somebody just coming to you one day and saying, Hey, like, I, I know you, think this is orange do you understand this is actually that's not what that color is this is actually blue this is what orange looks like um just fyi might help you in the future you know just so we're all on the same page um just for somebody to be that kind to just say hey you know uh i disagree um and and here's why i disagree maybe you want to think about this um i i think that's an an inherently kind thing to do. Uh, and I don't think many of us experience that very often, but I think it's because we're all sort of uncomfortable with the confrontation and the disagreement. And I think if it's presented correctly, um, and graciously and kindly, it can be very, very healthy, uh, because I, I may very well be wrong about a lot of things. Um, and I just wouldn't know, uh, if somebody didn't tell me why they feel like I'm wrong. So, um, let's invite disagreement and see what happens. We may not change our mind and that's totally fine too, but let's at least invite the disagreement. Let's invite the challenge, um, and see what happens. Look, if nothing else, it's going to give you a great story, right? You're, you're going to have a great story. The next time you're at a party, uh, 
because you had a challenging conversation and you know so at the very least it's going to give you a great story um so in the end i i hope i hope what i'm doing every week um or every episode sounds more like inviting than it does preaching uh because that's that's what i want to do and i feel like that's what my job is here uh on the podcast not not preaching it's i i feel like my job here on the podcast is to invite and not affect change in the world uh or things or people or circumstances um people aren't pets people are are sovereign living breathing individual independent wonderful beautiful messy creatures and that's awesome and so i shouldn't be trying to train people or change people or mold people or create people in my own image as if i were god um number one because it's a waste of time it's impossible number two because how dare i try to affect any kind of change on your personhood your your personhood is valid and it is wonderful um and what you do with that is your responsibility and that's a whole separate thing but your personhood is is perfect it's exactly what it needs to be so how dare i try to change it um one of the things that occurred to me when I was sort of putting all this together is that years of preaching never changed me. Uh, I've talked about my, my experiences growing up with, uh, religion and the cult that I was, I was raised in. And it was a lot of very hard preaching, what they called hard preaching. Um, a lot, you know, a lot of convicting, um, a lot of, uh, guilt tripping, uh, a lot of, you know, you need to be this way or you're going to rot in hell. Um, you know, be this way or God's going to be angry with you. Um, don't do this thing or, you know, you're, you're doomed, you're damned forever. And <clears throat> that never affected change in my life. Never. Um, I, permanent change anyway uh temporary change out of fear um or just the utter desire to belong um sure but actual life change permanent change deep abiding fruitful productive change not once because that's not what changes anything um and it can't it can produce short-term conformity it can produce fear which then can produce change. Um, but deep abiding, lasting, meaningful change. No. However, on the flip side, moments, mere moments of invitation have deeply changed me. Um, and so what I hope I'm doing every week on the podcast, even though I may sound preachy about things sometimes, I truly don't intend to and and I'm I'm really it's really just me being passionate about my experience and how that sort of formed some of the thoughts that I have 
And so I'll get passionate about the ideas that I'm trying to, to convey. Um, and I will say that I, I think we're exploring better ways to be human. But I'll say that knowing that really what I'm trying to do is invite people to consider things, to try things, to understand things, to see things. And then what you, the audience, what, what other people do with that information is completely up to you. And I don't need to worry if you have made a change in your life based on anything we've discussed in this podcast. I don't need to worry if anybody has made a change in their life based on anything I've said or advice I've given because that's it's impossible for me to change you. I don't want to even if I could. I think that's entirely out of line um, and outside my my responsibility or, or just it's, it's far outside of my rights uh, as a human being to try to change another human being. So I, I don't hope that I've changed anybody. Uh, I do hope that I've invited all of you to consider things. And I do hope that it's helpful. Um, and if it is great, if it's not, um, I would love sincerely, I would love to know why you think it's not helpful, uh, or why you think I'm wrong or whatever the case may be. Um, because I, I, I genuinely want to know how both I can be better, um, how this podcast can be better, uh, and how the way I think about things can be better. So, um, so that's that. So that's, you know, that's the episode. That's, uh, who cares what I say? Um, because honestly, who does, right? Um, this is how I'm processing information and this is how I'm viewing the world and this is how I'm trying to be. But, uh, who cares? Who cares how I say to be? Because, um, that may not resonate with you and that's fine. Um, and I, I hope that you're finding your own way. Uh, and if this invitation to you is helpful, great. Uh, and if not, that's great too. Um, cause you got to do you right. Uh, so that's the episode. Um, any feedback you have is, uh, greatly appreciated and welcomed. Um, I'd love to, to have a conversation with some of you guys about these ideas or any other ideas that I talk about on the podcast. Okay. Okay. Good talk. All right. So, um, as promised, uh, I'm going to get back to, uh, doing a good human of the week. Uh, and the other segment, I haven't really decided on a name. I'm going to try one this week, uh, and we'll see if it sticks. Who knows? Um, but there's two things I want to start doing, uh, on these episodes. Uh, one is a good human of the week. Uh, just kind of highlighting a person who's, who I think is doing good things in the world, uh, and who deserves to be known about, talked about, recognized. Um, and then, uh, I'm going to call the other segment, uh, causes to care about. Um, and I just kind of want to point everyone to, I, I know that we're, we're all very busy people. We don't always have time to like volunteer and do things, um, or even seek out ways to, to sort of help in the world. Um, 
and help people. So I want to sort of provide that. Um, if you're interested in, in, you know, being someone that, that is, uh, sort of actively looking for ways to, uh, be the change you want to see in the world um, and provide some much needed assistance in circumstances where you know people may need assistance. I want to help um, provide ways for for you to do that. So um, we're going to start with our good human of the week. Uh, and you may agree or disagree, but like I said, this is my podcast. And so I'm going to point him out. Um, I want to talk about Elon Musk um, this week as our good human of the week. And Specifically, the reason that I want to talk about Elon Musk uh, as our good human of the week. Now, before I jump into this, as soon as I said Elon Musk, I know there are some people out there that went, oh, he's an evil genius. Why would we be talking about him? He's like a, a billionaire, like mad scientist. So how possibly could he be a good human of the week? And he's a brilliant man. Um, he may very well be a, a billionaire mad scientist uh, or an evil genius, but um, he, he did something recently that I think is beautiful. I think it's, it's heartwarming. I think it's moving. Uh, I think it, I think it does speak to who he is as a person. Um, and, uh, I posted an article, so we'll just get into, to why I want to talk about him. I posted an article on Facebook, um, not long ago, and I, I just captioned it. Elon Musk is a real life Tony Stark. Um, and I think that's an apt comparison because I think uh, I think the ego might be uh, on par with Tony Stark. Um, however, you know, as if you're a nerd, uh, as you may know in the comics, Tony Stark does a lot of really, really good things um, with not always necessarily the best motivation. But, uh, you know, it, it's still uh, the fact remains that he does a lot of really, really good things. Um, Elon Musk uh, not long ago. So, um, if, if you've been following the story of the 12, uh, young soccer players, um, and their coach, uh, that were trapped in a cave, uh, in, I believe Thailand, um, it's been sort of an ongoing thing. They've been working on rescue efforts. I think just recently all 12 youth soccer players, uh, and their coach were rescued, um, and, and rescued much sooner than anybody at first thought. Um, however, they were, they were trapped for quite a while. Uh, and so Elon Musk, uh, made, uh, him and his, his team, his company made a device, uh, that was specifically designed. It was not something they had on a production line already. They made a device that was specifically designed to go in and help rescue, um, these young soccer players. Um, and it came about, it started, uh, I think on so I'm I'm getting some of this information. I've I've read some of it already, but I'm getting some of this information from Inc. Um, dot com, uh, and uh, they have a, an awesome article um, about sort of the timeline of this. And so this all started back in July 3rd um, when uh, a Twitter user in Switzerland tweeted to Elon Musk and he said, "Hi, sir. If possible, can you assist in any way to get the 12 Thailand boys and their coach out of the cave at Elon Musk?" Um, and so because of that, he had a, a brief exchange, uh, with that individual. Um, and immediately he went to work with his engineering team. Um, and then I think within, uh, five days, um, they had the sub, it's like a, it's a, a little sub capsule. Uh, they had it built, they had it produced, uh, and delivered to the site, uh, in Thailand. Um, and so let's just pause there for a second. I, it's incredible to me that, that 
a billionaire who is um, striving to innovate and and completely change, turn on its head an industry that is undeniably dying, which is the auto industry. Um, incidentally, I'm in automotive advertising, um, but it's 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 more or less a dying industry. Um, you know, car sales are dropping. Uh, individual car ownership is dropping. Um, a lot of, a lot of ride shares happening now and things like that. But, um, it just, we have to start changing the way we think about, I think automobiles, uh, and the whole industry, but Elon Musk is, is leading a lot of that charge and has been for a very long time. He's a very innovative person. And so he's, I say all that to say, he's got his hands completely full, uh, doing that. And he's running a huge company. Um, Definitely a very busy man. Uh, and so for him to even take the time to see this Twitter mention and then actually do something about it is incredible. Um, and, you know, you can argue that, well, he's got the resources, so of course he should and would. Uh, but he he still has the same amount of time that all of us do. So for him to take the time to devote to this, I think is incredible. Um, so he did. They They built this thing. They delivered it to the site. Um, it ended up not being used. Um, but the fact remains that he he did this thing that he didn't have to do. Uh, he made something, he, you know, engineered something with his team that was made specifically for the situation, this actual specific situation. And they delivered it to Thailand, to the site where these young boys were um, and uh, did it free of charge. They didn't charge for it. Um, and it cost them, I'm sure, millions of dollars to just produce this thing. Uh, you know, in research and, and actual production and all this stuff. Um, so already he's done a, a, a tremendous thing. Um, but then it didn't get used. Uh, and so because it didn't get used, I, I think, or I, I don't really know, I don't really understand why this is happening, but he is, he's getting like ridiculed and, and mocked um, and just sort of torn apart for i guess barge people perceive that he like barged in um or sort of inserted himself in the situation uh without anybody asking him to necessarily um or like trying to you know like he's got a savior complex or something like that um and a lot of this is coming from a quote from the thai provincial governor uh in the area and he said something along the lines of, I assure you that the equipment he brought to help us is not practical for our mission. Even though the equipment has state-of-the-art technology, it does not fit our mission in the cave. Um, and that's the Thai uh, official that's sort of overseeing the situation. However, um, Elon Musk was was corresponding with the person who was leading the rescue efforts, uh, and that person was telling him yes please definitely continue to work on this we need this um a man let's see by the name of dick stanton um and so elon musk is being is being sort of torn apart and ridiculed for this and so finally he shared uh screenshots of his correspondence with this man dick stanton um who was one of the civilian divers who was leading the tactical rescue effort um in which this man said it's absolutely worth continuing with the development of this system uh, in as timely a manner as feasible. If the rain holds out, uh, it may well be used. Um, and then he said, we're worried about the smallest lad. Please keep working on the capsule details. 
So this is the the person who's leading the rescue effort is actually asking Elon Musk to continue development um, because they they very they they may very well uh, need this this device. All that being said, it didn't end up being used, um, but that's not the point, uh, and it's really not the point whether I like or you like Elon Musk in the first place. The point is that a man with resources did a thing that he didn't have to do, devoted time and energy to a thing that he didn't have to devote time and energy to um, for no other reason than he saw a need and really tried to, to fill it. Um, and I think that's beautiful. Whatever your opinion of Elon Musk is, um, we don't see a lot of that. And uh, so I think Elon Musk deserves to be commended for that. And in this article, in this Inc.com article, the, uh, the author closes with uh, a quote from... Um, from Theodore Roosevelt, and it says, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. And I think that sums it up beautifully. So uh, hats off to Elon Musk, our good human of the week, uh, and may others follow his example. Um, and then next, uh, our cause to care about this week um I, I may make some of you mad about this and I, I don't mean to, I'm not trying to get political. I'm not going to be political. Um, I think this is literally just a humanitarian issue and I want to bring it to people's attention. Uh, if you haven't already heard of it, which I, I can't imagine that's the case, but if you haven't already heard of it, I want to bring it to your attention um, and tell you what you can do about it. So it, it has sort of come to the nation's attention um, via mainstream media and, and some other outlets uh, that, that, uh, children are being separated from their parents um, at the border. Um, you know, Ill- illegal immigrants are, are trying to cross the border uh, illegally um, or, or who are here already illegally and are being deported. Uh, and their children, for one reason or, or another, uh, are being separated from their parents, um, either at the border or, you know, when, when one of their parents or both of their parents are being deported. Um and so you may have issues uh, with that or not. You may have opinions about that or not. The fact remains that that is the case. Um, and along with that, there are uh, there. I don't think they're being called detention centers, but that's essentially what they are. Um, there are centers where these children are being held um, until uh, such a time as they can be released to someone. Um, but they are currently wards of the the state um of the government our government and they're being held in facilities that range uh in uh accommodations from like individual rooms with actual beds um to giant uh warehouses with concrete floors and chain link fences um with uh just mats for them to sleep and lay on uh on the floor inside of cages um if you don't believe what I'm saying, there is plenty of footage on the internet and photos um, for you to see that what I'm saying is not exaggerated. Uh, it is 100% true. 
And um, so those are terrible conditions uh, for any child to be in. Um, and regardless of your opinion on the cause um, and whether or not their parents should have done what they did, um, I, I don't want to get into immigration reform and all those issues. And I'm not trying to be political about this. I'm literally just I want to bring everyone's attention to the the state that these children find themselves in, which is orphaned, um, alone, not able to speak the language, most of them, and no idea what's going on. These are very, very young children separated from their parents and everybody they know, crying, bawling, just wanting to be with family, with their parents, uh, and literally caged up um, and essentially prisoners um through no fault of their own they they did nothing to deserve this their parents may you may have again you may have opinions about what their parents did or didn't do to cause this these children did not do anything to deserve this these are these are children being put in a bad circumstance through no making of their own with this some of these children you may not believe this either I guarantee you'll you'll find it if you look for it on the internet. Some of these children are being forced to appear in court, immigration court, without legal representation. We're talking about five, six, seven, eight-year-old, ten-year-old kids are being forced to sit in immigration court by themselves with no representation and are being passed judgment upon without representation in immigration court all by themselves can can we agree whatever any of us think about the rest of the situation can we agree that like that seems like something you would read in like a comedic novel or like that that would be like a sketch on snl uh or you know like in a dystopian like end of the world sort of of book that you would read uh, or movie that you'd see that that young children are being forced to sit in court where they don't understand the fucking language as a eight, nine, six, seven year old kid without representation in immigration court. Um, and they have just no idea what's going on. It's that's insane to me. Anyway, um, all of this is happening. These, these children are very scared um, they, they don't have very many resources. Um, our government, uh, doesn't have a lot of resources to, to help these kids. And I'm not saying everybody on our government side is, is evil and they're just trying to oppress these children. I don't believe that at all. Um, it's just a fact that the immigration enforcement officials don't have a lot of resources to be able to help these children either. Um, and so all of this is sort of combining in a perfect storm of kids that are going through things that ch- no children should ever have to experience. So I want to talk to you guys about, um, an organization, uh, that's called kind. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, um, it's an organization that's, that's helping some of these children. It's kind is an acronym. It's kids in need of defense. Um, they've, they've sort of been around for a, a decade or more. Um, but their mission, it says, uh, 
that they want to ensure that no child appears in immigration court without high quality legal representation. Uh, they want to advance laws and policies and practices that ensure children's protection and uphold their right to due process and fundamental fairness. Um, so this is separating the children, uh, you know, the rights of the children versus the rights of, of people who, who may have broken laws. Um, but really focusing on the children in these circumstances and trying to make sure that the children are okay because they did not choose this. Uh, so this is an organization um, that offers pro bono pro bono attorney um, uh, attorneys uh, in in the situations that they can um, and uh, legal representation um, and resources uh, and options for these children to get out of these detention centers uh, and be connected back with either their parents if that's possible or relatives uh, or something. So this is an organization that's. Um, that's doing something about this crisis uh, for the children that are involved that that did not choose to be in this situation in the first place. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, and I, th I think it's definitely a worthy cause. Uh, so if you're interested in this, uh, this organization, what they're doing, if you, if you just want to know more about them, um, I think this is a very worthwhile thing to at least look into. Um, and they have all kinds of ways that you can, you can help and support, um, listed out on the website here. Uh, so I'll link it in the description of the, the podcast episode, uh, this week, but the website is supportkind.org. Um, so just how you would expect all of that to be spelled supportkind.org. Um, and you can find out more about this organization, what they're doing, uh, and how you can help. Um, I just think this is a thing that it's, it's obviously very complicated. There are a lot of nuances, uh, around how this happens, why this happens, why these kids are in these positions in the first place. But the fact remains that these children are in these circumstances and it's not, that's not okay, um, for young children to be to be in these circumstances in the first place. And, and really all this organization is worried about is trying to alleviate the suffering of children who are in bad circumstances through no choice or fault of their own. So look them up, uh, supportkind.org um, and see how you can get involved. Um, cool. So that's all I have uh, this week, guys. Um, I'm still working on uh, making sure that stickers are available for purchase on the website. Um, ran into a snag with like making sure that all the like the e-commerce stuff is hooked up correctly, but that should be corrected within like a weekish or so. Um, so if you're interested in purchasing stickers, those will be available very soon on the website. Um, some of you already have stickers. Ooh, can I ask you guys to do me a favor? Um, I sent out stickers to a few people, and I've actually gotten this already from a few people. Um, so I want to see if the rest of you might do me a favor. Uh, if I gave you a sticker uh, or sent you a sticker, would you just do me the, the, the small favor of, uh, like taking a picture of, of that, like wherever that sticker ended up, um, just take a picture of it and like tag the, the podcast page on Facebook, uh, or tag me on Instagram, um, maybe with the hashtag good humans pod. Um, and just show me where that sticker ended up. Uh, I, it's so cool. Um, and I'm going to start sharing some of those photos soon. Um, because a couple of people have already taken those pictures uh, and showed me um, what they did with theirs. But um, I'm just like, I think it's so cool that some of you guys wanted these in the first place. Um, and so I think it's really cool to see where they end up uh, and what you guys are doing with them. Um, and thank you for the interest. So um, if you guys wouldn't mind doing me that one favor, uh, it'd be really great. And I, I would really appreciate it. Um, okay. That's all I have for you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I, I, 
so I, I don't even know how to put it into words and I, I feel like I'm gonna start sounding fake at some point um, like fake gratitude or something but I it, it really is crazy to me that that anybody listens to this I I cannot put into words how grateful I am that you would take time out of your day and and listen to a thing that I make I think it's incredible so thank you guys so much I hope it's helpful um, and I hope that you feel I'm inviting uh, and not preaching because I don't need to preach um, so yeah I hope you guys have an amazing week uh, I hope that you are fulfilled and happy and I hope that you get the very best of everything um, and I hope that that people invite you to exist and be uh, because you're awesome and uh, you deserve to be allowed to just exist and be. We're all starting from somewhere, right? We're all starting from where we are right now. So you deserve to be allowed to start there. Cool. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. I'm going to get out of here and stop rambling. Uh, so that's all I got. Until next week, be good to each other. <laughs>